Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Alan Bybee has been entertaining audiences professionally with his mandolin chops since the early 1980s. He was an original member of the early pioneering groups like the New Quicksilver, Third Time Out, and Blue Ridge. He started the band Grass Town with friends Steve Gully and Phil Ledbetter and has been fronting that band for the past eight years. Alan is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the podcast this afternoon. Hey, buddy. Glad to be with you. Yeah, appreciate it. So give me a little bit of a background. You, you've been at this uh, for a while, uh, this bluegrass thing, right? Yeah, just a bit. Uh, I I grew up around it. You know, my dad played, and uh, he he played just regionally and and around home back where I, where I grew up in North Carolina. They had a lot of back then. There was almost almost every weekend there was a what they called fielders convention. Uh-huh. There were contests that judged bands and your in, individual instrument out of those bands. You usually got two or three songs, and they they had those every weekend. So I I'm sure I was going to those when I was in the womb. I'm sure yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> And I continued to, and then I started playing at five, and wow. then I was still playing regional, kind of regionally, and I played with some bands that started getting out a little bit when I was 13, 12 or 13. We recorded an album or two, and then I started playing. The, I was a big Boone Creek fan, uh, and uh, when they broke up, Wes moved back down around Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and I started playing with him when I was uh, 16, I guess, okay. and then while I was playing with I was playing with him. We started playing out a little bit further too. We played in Roanoke, Virginia. He obviously already knew Terry Malcolm and Jimmy Haley and all those guys. And yeah. I, I'm from the same county as Jim, Jimmy Haley, and so they came out and seen us. And at the end of the show, they come over and talked to me and said, "Look, like you know, they were going to part ways with Doyle Lawson." So they asked me would I be interested in the job, and I was like, you know, I was like 18 years old sure. or something at the time, and I was like, well, yeah, maybe, so uh, I got together with them, and that ended up, that's how I really started my first, really, getting out, you know, all over the country, and, and all over the world, really, kind of gig, was 80, that was 85, I started playing with those guys, it was the Duplex Silver, okay. and uh, okay. That, that, that lasted two or three years, we recorded the album together, and uh, then, uh, Ironically, the guy that went with Doyle were Russell Moore and those and, and uh, some of those guys and that played in the band Southern Connection. And a couple of years later, after New Quicksilver broke up, 
those guys called me and said they were going to leave Doyle and want to know if I'd be interested in starting wow. a band with them. So I did with Russell. We started the band Third Time Out right, together yeah. in 1990. And I was there about four years. So, and then, uh, recorded and come down South, moved to South Carolina from North Carolina and played in, in a variety show. It was, uh, kind of Branson type shows for a couple of years. I was kind of the utility guy. Uh huh down here and uh then i got back into we actually got the new quicksilver band back together but as as the under the name blue ridge okay right and that's how that band started and it morphed into me and junior sisk and some other guys and then about 11 or 12 years ago i started grass town with uh steve gully and phil ledbetter and it's morphed into Alan Bobby and Grass Down into what it is today. So, yeah, okay. yeah, I've been at it. I've been at it a while. <laughs> Has it pretty much been a, a, a full-time thing for you in some capacity, one way or the other in music? Yeah. Ever since I was, uh, there was just maybe just in between other than right, uh, maybe a year or so right in between new Quicksilver and third time out, I was doing a few other things, but other than that, it's been only, only music since I was just, uh, you know, forever. <laughs> Are, do you do you write uh, songs as well? Yeah, yeah, I write quite a bit on our last bluegrass album. Uh, I guess I I wrote probably a little over half of the, on the Grass Town Four, and uh, I also growing up in in music. I was uh, in North Carolina where I was at. I, I was dating a, a young lady when I was sixteen, and she she said uh, her brother-in-law played a little bit, played gospel music and stuff, and uh, and she told him I played mandolin. So he came in one day, and it was it was Ronnie Bowman. Oh, really? Okay. And, yeah, he and he never played bluegrass or really heard much bluegrass. So I wow. got him into bluegrass. I got him and started. He tells me all the time I got him into this. <laughs> and uh, so we got we got to be big buddies, and so we. Uh, He's a great writer, as you know. So sure, yeah. A lot of times I'll take I'll take a lot of ideas I got or something I got close to, I think, close to finished writing or something I'll take up and hang out with him a couple of days and we'll finish a few things. So that's what we did on this last album. He helped me co-write okay. uh, probably five or six tunes. So I try, try to write as much as I can. How have you seen, um, kind of being there from the 80s forward, how, how have you seen... The music and the music scene change. Well, it's uh, there, there's definitely been a lot of changes. Uh, and gosh, it's good to see so many. You know, there's a lot of people. There's just a, I know there's a there's a ton more bands now than there used to be. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> for sure. I mean, back back then, you know, anybody that I heard come on the radio me and my dad were always listening to it but just so much bluegrass you could hear on the radio back then mm-hmm. you know, especially in north carolina we had one i think on saturday night you had an hour or two hours and then there was a, a show in king that was on saturday during the day so usually i was helping him wash a car and we'd listen to an hour or two during the day and you you know you automatically knew everybody that come on the radio because you knew all the bands yeah so well, yeah you know but yeah. now there's so many bands that i don't I don't recognize them any, as much anymore. Some other people might recognize them more, but it's, I think it's a it's a good thing in a way. But it's just changed the whole the whole uh, scope of things as far as 
bookings and everything else sure. is just a different world yeah. than it used to be. But every, you know, everything everything evolves one way or the other and changes. That's 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 one thing you know is gonna happen. Things are gonna change. Do you think it's made it easier for the younger bands to get involved, or or is there more competition for the for the limited number of of playing dates? Uh, maybe both. I know there's definitely more competition for the playing dates, and I don't know that. I don't know. It's just, uh, but I think maybe it is for easier for kids to get involved too. Because I mean, looking back on it, I don't know. You know that. Even though I think I was a, a pretty good player back then, I you know mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, that's all I did was play. I played eight or ten hours a day back when I was a teenager. You know, and yeah, um, I, it, it, been, it probably would have been hard to get that get the name that I got even back then, unless I'd have got you know would have gotten with the band that I did, the New Quicksilver, which was you know them and Dole were the hottest band going back sure, then. Sure, yeah, you know, still was still one of the top bands, but so I, it it may be a little harder for the you know to break. I think it's definitely hard to break through your own style now as much as because there's so many people. But right, right, yeah. I, I think that's, that's. I can see where that's in a way. I'm glad I came along when I did. You know. Yeah. I read a. I seen a T-shirt the other day. Somebody said, "Yeah, I'm old, but I got to see all the cool bands." <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I yeah. Thought, that is cool. I got to hang out with Bill Monroe a lot, so that's 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 uh, that's one good thing about being older. I, I would think, and this probably crosses all, all genres of music, but it's, it's harder to find um, young pioneers. It, it seems like whether it's bluegrass or rock or country or some other style of music, a lot of the a lot of the pioneering happened in the seventies and eighties and maybe the early nineties. But there's not a lot of there's not a lot of pioneering left in some of the traditional styles of music. It doesn't feel like. I th- I feel the same way, kind of. Yeah. I, I see exactly what you're saying. I, I don't feel it like you hear something just just striking you that's totally new. That's right. really, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I, I think I read in the notes somewhere where you actually uh, Gibson um, created a signature style mandolin. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, they did, and uh, it was actually in 2004 uh, they approached me about doing the uh, uh, Alan Bobby Signature Series, and they did that on a few different artists. It was, uh, I think it was Ricky Skaggs and Doyle Lawson and Sam Bush and Adam Steffi and uh, Wayne Benson and me were yeah. the only ones that they did the artist models on. And that's, that was really cool for me because growing up, back when I did, Gibson was, you know, like the name. Sure, of, yeah. Back, back then especially, you know, there's a lot of great luthiers now, but, Back then, my grandpa and my dad, you know, they thought if it was Gibson, you know, that was it. So right. To me, that was, that was just that was pretty cool to get that kind of thing happen yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And and uh, you know, it of course it's it's uh, you've been recognized uh, throughout the years for for your contribution and playing style. And um, is that when, when you started? Uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, and that, you know, did, did you have any sort of uh, idea or designs or thoughts that, that you'd be able to be where you are today and still playing mandolin full-time? Man, that's a great question. I know, I, you know, when I first started playing, I, I was looking out. I had my dad that played mandolin, and then he had taught my cousin, who was about four or five years older than me, to play, and um, and there was no instruction, really, back then, you know, but... Right. Um, 
my cousin was. He's kind of like me. I'm a little bit probably OCD and a little bit of a perfectionist kind of thing too. So <laughs> you know, we did a lot of stuff together, and he was he really helped me with some technique stuff because he was out playing kind of you know regionally with a band called Boot Hill that wrote uh, the lady in Boot Hill was Louisa Branscombe who wrote. Um, steel rails that Allison did. You okay, know? Uh-huh. so they yeah. they were the first ones to cut that. And, and my cousin Gary was a great mandolin player, especially from back in that day, in that time. And uh, so he helped me a lot with technique. And I I told him we still talk regularly. And I, I told him the other day. I remember him telling me one time that when I was I must have been really young, maybe eight, you know. And um, we went to see uh, Marty Stewart was playing with Lester Flat, and uh, all three of us were sitting around playing mandolins. And I was like eight, you know. Uh-huh. Remember, remember that we left that night. Gary said, "You know, he said I want to be the best mandolin player in the world." And I, I told him, "I said I remember just like a couple of years after that, thinking the exact same thing." Uh-huh. I thought, "No, I'm going to be, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be, I want to be the best mandolin player in the world." So I always had that thought of it, but I don't, I don't think I ever related it to uh, to playing it for a living or anything at that point. Yeah. I just wanted to be, you know, I just had that drive to want to be to be the best but um you know and that's all relative of course but sure sure uh, but it's yeah. uh it was a it was a drive that i had and i and obviously a love love for it so it's uh it's about all i know how to do i think at this point <laughs> can, can you recall at any point uh in more recent years where maybe you thought uh or connected that thought that i'm gonna be the best in the world to you know what i'm i'm getting getting pretty close there you know was there ever this revelation of i, I did it kind of thing i i think so just to, you know i, I just I, i'm 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 totally trying not to stay away from the ego kind of thing but sure, I, sure. back when back when i was starting to Playing those Steelers conventions back in the day, there was a guy named Rick Allred that was a great mandolin player, and he he went on to play with the country gentleman right after Dole, uh-huh. ironically. Uh-huh. And he was back in he was just tearing up all the contests. I mean, he was he was a kind of jazzy, kind of uh-huh. really kind of swingy, kind of bluegrass player. And I just loved. I was very attracted to that style, and um, I always really looked up to him. And then I remember after I went the third time out and started playing, I'd been there a couple of years and we were getting some recognition and everything. And I saw a guy that played with Kent, played with the uh, guy Kent Dow that also played with with uh, with Rick and the country gentleman, the banjo player. And he he thought he said uh, he got to talking about playing. He said uh, he said he said man, Rick Rick says you're the best. Wow, that's cool. And I thought when he said that, I thought man, how cool is that? Because yeah. I thought he was the best for so long. For him to say that means more, you know, somebody like that to say that. Yeah, yeah. That's meant more awesome. to me than, than, than a lot of different things. So that's yeah. just a, that's a cool moment like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And and you have a, a recording studio now, right, in South Carolina? I do. I do. Yeah, I sure do. Right behind my house here. And we I do a lot of lot of our recording, or most of our recording, really, here. And I, I record on a lot of people's other projects and, and stuff. So it's nice to have something close to the house after having to travel because I've, I've been doing that for a long time like you say and so I just have to travel all over the place just to play on on a project you know but now I can just go to the back back house here so <laughs> are you actually working with uh, recording uh doing sessions for other bands for for other uh, folks in the industry also or is this mainly for, yeah, for you yeah. and your band uh no I've been doing it for um other folks and other projects probably for about the last 20 years probably right okay that's awesome yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, new album is uh, Grasstown 4, is that right? That's our latest bluegrass album, but we're almost finished with a uh, all-gospel album now. Oh, good. Okay. And and that'll and be out our, about when? Uh, it should be out hopefully in December, and our first single's already been released, and we're really excited about it. We've uh, It's been uh, number one three out of the last four weeks on the Bluegrass Today chart that goes by how many times it's been play airplay and, yeah uh, right right yeah and, and then we just did a video on it also so it's it's got a lot of recognition for us and we're looking forward to getting the the album out and we have actually already got material together to get a bluegrass album out right behind that too so okay. we're gonna be pretty busy yeah it sounds yeah. like it what's the uh what's the name of the gospel record we haven't even named it yet. Really? Okay. <laughs> no, uh, no. We got all the we got all the tracks down, but we haven't named the project as a whole yet. But the uh, song "Going to Rise and Shine" is our our single that you can buy on iTunes now. So that seems to kind of be the the moving trend is release a couple singles, which of course you know happened when kind of rock and roll was coming around in the, in the fifties and sixties. You release a single, and if people like it, then you go back and cut an album. But it seems like we're kind of getting back to that. I think a lot of people are doing that, man. We, I, I haven't really done it on purpose, but our last album, the Grass Town Four album, it was in the middle of, you know, personnel changes, which happens always in in, in music. Uh, but uh, so we didn't do it on purpose, but we've been playing a lot of shows with my buddy Ronnie Bowman that I'm still, you know, still good buddies with. I uh-huh. hope that I write with, and we've been doing had some shows that he came and played with us. So uh, we did. We released a single off the that Grasstown 4 album called This Old Guitar and Me and Ronnie was singing lead on it so we released it and then the delay of the album caused us to release a couple more singles before the album came out and I don't know if that's just a coincidence but <laughs> every, every, all those went number one and then all, then every song on the album charted so, and I notice now that people are le- releasing singles on purpose right so, yeah well maybe you started got, the trend <laughs> well maybe so accidentally but I think I think it kind of makes sense, really. That's what all the other music, you know, genres do, really. That sure. way you you got something a song that you're pushing instead of you have your own songs fighting against each other. Right. But, um, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what does a tour schedule look like for you and the band? Are you out pretty regularly, or how do you manage that with the with the different records and the different styles a little bit with the gospel and the straight up bluegrass? It's been uh, this year has been probably the busiest year we've had in four or five years. It's been just extremely. I think this last weekend was the first weekend I was I've been home in like four or five months. Wow! So it's been just extremely busy. But it's you know it'll it'll start easing off some in the winter time here. But uh, it's been really good for us, and we just signed with the Andrea Roberts booking agency also too. So uh, we're looking to to do more do more gigs and. Uh, and hopefully getting to some venues that we haven't haven't played in lately anyway. So uh, it's been it's just been we've been really blessed to have a to get all the shows we do because like I said, there being so many bands now, I know a lot of bands are not getting all the work that they they want. So sure, yeah. we're lucky to, lucky to get that kind of work. Yeah. And I I also do a lot of I've been doing it for twenty years. I've been I've always had a little bit of a, a passion for teaching, and I've been doing teaching it a lot of different mandolin camps and music camps oh, great. over the last last 20 years and about three years ago i started my own down here at uh in ocean at ocean lakes campground where i live in surfside beach they have a, a bluegrass festival there and i got the idea from playing grass valley california they have a, 
a workshop kind of all week uh-huh. thing that leads into their festival. And I thought, man, I've got the same, I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've got the same thing going on here. So I just, I started my thing. It's a three day mandolin camp. And, uh, we had, we started doing the three days, the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then the Friday night, the, the festival starts and so I'm going through Saturday too. Oh, so great. it's just okay. really, yeah. worked out really good. We had, we had 45 mandolin players wow. this year. So that's cool. it's that's really, cool. it's really grown and done well. So I'm pretty excited about that. And, and what is that called? How, how can people find out about that or, or sign up for that? It's, if they... it, it's called Alan Bobby mandolin camp. Okay, good. Right. Yep. Cool. And it's in he right here in Surfside. I think you find it on, on my website, com or, grasstown.com or oceanlakes.com too so and that's where they can also um get copies of the of your of your cds past and present and and find the new singles there too yes good mm-hmm. all right great well thanks alan i appreciate it it's good talking to you and yep, getting to yes, know more about your music yeah Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.